Good evening, time being seven o'clock, I call the January 3rd, 2024 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Announcements from the chair, all citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 9 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or you may click the Zoom link that is on the posted agenda and on the town's website. The phone number is 929-205-6099 and enter the meeting ID, which is 841-1008-7557. Then you need to hit the pound sign. Once again, the meeting ID, 841 1008 7557 pound. If residents are just interested in watching the meeting, it will also be live streamed by Franklin TV. Uh, upcoming events uh, on the tracks is an exhibit currently being displayed at the Franklin Historical Museum, constructed by Historical Commission member Scott Mason. The Franklin Historical Museum presents an HO scale model of 1932 Franklin, in addition to last year's model of the train station and coal house. This year's exciting addition recreates the Thompson Press Building and New Haven Locomotive Roundhouse further east down the tracks. The exhibit will be on display at Franklin Historical Museum Saturday from 10 to 1, and Sundays 1 to 4 through January 14th. Next item on the agenda, citizen comments. Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens' comments. The town council will give remarks appropriate consideration and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Please come forward. Uh, just your name and address, please. Yes. Mark Minichelli, 31 Longfellow Drive in Franklin. First, I'd like to publicly thank the town administrators and town councilors for their prior work to establish Franklin's electric municipal aggregation program, which has saved Franklin ratepayers an estimated $11.5 million during the previous three-year contract period. 
The new agreement negotiated by the town administrator's office should result in additional financial savings over the next two years for Franklin residents who choose to participate. And important, as important as saving Franklin residents money is, is that these agreements support and encourage green, clean energy production and produce an associated renewable energy certificate, or REC, for every megawatt hour of renewable electricity generated. The REC is a financial instrument which has real value and can be traded, bought and sold, among energy producers across the country. I've recently learned a bit more about our electrical grids and how these RECs work. We here in Franklin get our electric power from a large electrical grid which serves Northeast United States, known as ISO New England. This grid accepts electrons from power generators throughout the region. Those electrons then move to the nearest transmission station and then on to a consumer who doesn't know which generator produced a particular delivered electron. The REC provides a mean of means of tracking and quantifying green electricity and can be traded both within and beyond the ISO New England grid. I also recently learned that Massachusetts Class I RECs are the most meaningful form of renewable energy certificate since the Mass Class I REC requires the green energy source to be located in New England. The actual electrons generated are then used by consumers in New England. Locally generating green energy is the only way to meaningfully reduce the carbon footprint of energy production in New England. Otherwise, we're only doing accounting here in New England for green energy made elsewhere, while our local power plants continue to pump CO2 into our New England atmosphere. Green Energy Consumers Alliance tracks the progress of green municipal aggregation throughout Massachusetts. Of 351 municipalities in Massachusetts, only 54 municipalities have agreements which offer substantial use of Class I RECs. Unfortunately, Franklin is one of the municipalities with zero Class I renewable energy content. I do not like seeing Franklin as a lagging community on their map. I strongly urge Franklin Town Administrators and Franklin Town Council to begin planning for our next green municipal aggregation plan to include Class I RECs to help meet the higher Massachusetts Renewable Portfolio Standard requirements and to actually clean our air. There are several local organizations, such as Math 350 Mass and Energize Franklin, who stand ready to help the town achieve more meaningful energy cost savings and CO2 reduction. Thank you. Thank you. There's somebody who did his homework. He was right on three minutes. Seven seconds, <laughs> seven, seven seconds left. Great job. Nice job. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I hope you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next item on the, oh, I'm sorry. Is there anyone else in council chambers that would like us to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Please come forward. Just name and address, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, Francis Olson, currently 37 Fraser Road, Framingham, Mass., longtime resident of Franklin at 1.9 West Central Street. Uh, good to see everybody. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, the council and the administrator's time. I would like to uh, just simply say I've enjoyed living in Franklin for the majority of my life. At this point in my life, I'm not able to do so. Many of my friends and peers are not able to do so due to a lack of housing that is available to us. Uh, we do not have the ability to, on incomes that you expect for individuals of my age, uh, we cannot live in the town, and we love this town and would love to move back here. Uh, when considering where I was going to live for this year, we 
looked into Levy and Franklin, and it was not an option for us on moderate income. And I would love to see additional work done by the council and by the administrator to make this available. Um, whatever that happens to be, we will be very happy with it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I appreciate your time. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Is there anyone else in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Is there anyone out in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Ruth Ann. Uh, Ruth Ann. Hey guys, I sound terrible. That's why I'm not there in person. I'm pretty sick, so. Um, Rosanna Sullivan, 175 Oak Street. Um, I have my one Franklin cap on today. Just wanted to kind of give an update um, on the efforts that one Franklin's involved with um, the override. We have a big public kickoff meeting uh, coming up this next Thursday, actually not this Thursday, next Thursday, January 11th. Um, it's gonna be at 67 Degrees Brewery um, right here in Franklin. It'll be from six to 9 p.m. And the whole leadership team of one Franklin will be there to kind of answer questions. Um, we have some signs to give out and things like that. I know I've spoken to, uh, you know, a handful of you and um, that will have some elected leaders there to answer questions. So I just wanted to make sure that the uh, public uh, knew that. And then I just kind of, just because it was just mentioned, um, I'd love to kind of plug the idea that this year, um, obviously people know where I stand um, with the override discussion. I think that the override wouldn't, wouldn't maybe be as necessary or need to be as, um, as as big of a number if we could try to progress a bit more um, with you know things like zoning, things like planning. Um, I think that without new growth, uh, obviously, we all know it, it. It's it's not good for our, our town services, and so um, you know anything I can do to kind of let you know that that one Franklin group definitely supports. Uh, you know, things like accessory dwellings becoming more readily available for people to kind of help our our town with new growth. So uh, that's all I've got. But uh, January 11th, 6 to 9, everybody's more than welcome. Lots of good people, lots of good conversations. So thanks. Thank you, Ruthanne. Feel better. Is there Thank anyone you. else in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Okay, moving on. Uh, approval of minutes, we have none this evening. Proclamations and recognitions, we have none. Appointments, we have none. We do have a public hearing. And uh, time being after seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I would declare a public hearing open on new section 12 restaurant, common victualler, all alcohol license and approval approval of Lisa and Truax as the manager. L Truax King Street Cafe Incorporated doing business as King Street Cafe located at 390 King Street. Rich, do you want to come up? And Jamie, you want to do a lead? Sure. Uh, through you, Mr. Chairman. So this is for a new Section 12 uh, restaurant uh, alcohol license, which is a full uh, license uh, to be consumed on the premises. Um, a couple of quick points. One, uh, all the department heads did sign off on this new application. And two, a lot of people are probably going to be asking, 
Wait a minute. What? Don't, did they already have a license? Yes, they did. Um, but it was lapsed, I think, uh, last year. Um, and one good news is for the applicant is because the site already has hosted an alcohol license in the past, uh, makes the uh, makes the process a lot smoother at the ABCC, um, you know, at the state level. So um, I know Mr. Cornett is here representing the family tonight. He probably has a few uh, words to say. Thank you, thank you, Jamie. Uh, good evening. Uh, Mr. Chairman, Council Members, uh, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, Richard Cornetta, for the record, representing uh, uh, Ms. Truax. I'd like to introduce Lisa Truax. She is in the audience here tonight. Uh, Lisa took over uh, the King Street Cafe uh, last year, the middle of last year. For those of you who are unfamiliar with it, it is located at 390 King Street. Uh, it is primarily a breakfast and lunch location, um, and so you might ask, well, why a liquor license? Well, in the past, uh, they had a pretty robust brunch business on Sundays, um, and a lot of the feedback that Lisa had received uh, was very positive to pursue the liquor license. And Lisa's also uh, no immediate plans, but she's contemplating maybe expanding her service to dinner, uh, which would uh, which would fall in line with the request for the license. Uh, the location, again, uh, 3,400 square feet. Um, it is 390 King Street. It's all interior. There is no outside patio or outside seating to contend with. Um, she has about 40 employees. Uh, her hours of operation are typically uh, 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. to uh, 2.30 p.m., um, which seems to work uh, for that particular neighborhood. Uh, as uh, uh, Jamie had mentioned, uh, there was a liquor license there in the past. Um, and uh, Lisa, her resume I included with your full application materials. Uh, Lisa, I don't want to date you, but she's got quite a quite an extensive experience, about 40 years in the hospitality industry. So Lisa knows how to uh, how to deal with uh, this type of business as well as uh, handling uh, service of liquor. Uh, we're certainly happy to address any questions that you might have. We do have uh, you should have before you a complete application that would go on to the ABCC after tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rich. Okay, since this is a public hearing, I go to the public first. Is there anyone in council chambers that has a question or comment about this license transaction? Is there anyone out there in Zoom land that has a question or a comment on this license transaction? Okay, seeing that, I'll go to the council. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, through you to Lisa, you guys are going to continue your menu and hopefully these marinated steak tips that I enjoy so much are going to be there uh, when you reopen again. Um, to me, Mr. Chairman, to Lisa, this is a logical step because simply put, A, they had a license before, B, uh, nestled between the Chateau and now Sierra Pizza. We both also have beer and wine licenses. It's only logical that she also has it in order to keep up the competition. But if you're going to go to a night menu, I'm, my wife actually just said to me the other day, she says, are they really going to start serving food at night? She says, I don't know. I'll find out. But hopefully they will. Um, you guys, have, the restaurant's done well. I really look forward to um, the continuation of King Street Cafe. Um, quick question. I, I know it's kind of a silly question because I looked at your resume. But tip training? Yes. Everyone's fully, everyone who would be serving alcohol? Yes. This is going to be trip training. Yes. Trip. Okay. Just want to verify that. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Uh, questions or comments from any other counselor? 
Councilor Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is just a comment to the ownership of King Street. Thank you very much on behalf of many of the youth sports in town that you sponsor and allow to uh, stand out in front of your establishment asking for support. It means a lot. We don't get that from every business in town, so just kudos to you guys for that, as well as an exceptional menu all the time, as Councilor Jones has already pointed out, so thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Any questions or comments from any other councilor? Seeing none, I will declare the public hearing on new Section 12 restaurant common victuals all alcohol license and approval of Lisa and Truex's manager closed. Okay, so just so they don't have to stay here for a while, uh, we'll go to uh, license transactions and uh, we have a license transaction, new section 12, restaurant, common victualler, all alcohol license approval of Lisa Ann Truex. As the manager, Lisa Truex, King Street Cafe Incorporated, doing business as King Street Cafe, located at 390 King Street. Clerk will read the license transaction. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is a license transaction for new common victualers, uh, 12 restaurant license all alcoholic beverages for El Truax King Street Cafe Incorporated doing businesses King Street Cafe located at 390 King Street Franklin Mass 02038 El Truax King Street Cafe Incorporated DBA King Street Cafe is seeking approval for new subsection 12 restaurant all alcoholic beverages license and to approve the manager Lisa and Truax. All departments have signed off on this application and this is a motion to approve the request of El Truax King Street Cafe Incorporated DBA King Street Cafe for new section 12 restaurant alcohol beverages license and approve Lisa and Truex as the manager. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion on the motion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Congratulations. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Next item on the agenda is presentations and discussions. Discussion, one of our biannual 2024-2025 Town Council, Town Administrator work plan. Our goals for the next two years. <laughs> Jamie, you want to kick it off? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, so just for everybody watching at home, um, if you go online onto the website, uh, tonight's meeting, um, you can see a draft uh, agenda uh, on there is a list. Um, if you want, I'm happy to go through them later on or if you want to, Mr. Chairman, but um, just for everybody out there, we've broken it down as we have traditionally into a handful of different categories. Um, and as you can see from this list, really falls into two buckets ultimately. Uh, most of what's on this list are projects that are either currently financed but haven't been completed um, or have been in the pipeline as part of our capital plan or facilities plan um, and the design of the facility or the project is there uh, in addition to a whole series of other um, projects that we were unable to get to um, last session um, such as the flag policy and a handful of others um, and then also a few new ones um, that um, are, you know, for all intents and purposes, like unfunded mandates from the state 
or new legal ramifications and compliance things that we have to deal with. Um, and so we added those onto the goals. Um, I would also state that I know the master planning committee is about halfway through their master planning process. Mm -hmm. If you'll notice on here, there are several goals that are outlined and they're intentionally put out there awaiting the master plan to be completed so that we don't hopefully undermine what the prioritization is from the master plan committee. Mm -hmm. uh, notably, I would note uh, issues revolving around sustainability, also zoning, um, and I've mentioned before uh, on some issues revolving around housing. Just wanna make sure it's clear to the council and folks at home, there's nothing that prohibits anybody or prohibits the council or anyone from doing anything outside of the master plan uh, but I think at the same time, I know those subcommittees and those committees as part of the master plan are in the process right now between probably this month, probably September and October and the fall, um, are gonna hopefully prioritize um, you know, all of the goals that are being brought through the master plan process. So um, that's kind of it as a background, Mr. Chairman. Again, I'm happy to, uh, if folks want, I'm happy to read through them for the record or if folks have questions on them, I'm happy to answer them. Um, and after hopefully tonight, we'll have a two-year work plan that we can start to focus on. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Okay, uh, we've all had an opportunity to read through these. A lot of them are very familiar, obviously, to us. Um, so I think what I'd like to do first is just kind of go around and give everybody an opportunity to uh, make any comments or uh, any additions or uh, any add-ons that you'd like to make to this goals. It's, they are aggressive, uh, but we were aggressive two years ago and there's no reason to stop now. So, uh, huh? <laughs> sorry, sorry <laughs> department heads yeah. and administration, but there is a, <laughs> So we, keep yeah. <laughs> so we keep piling on. Okay, so uh, let's start down this end. Uh, Patrick? Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. No, let's start with Patrick. Uh, so it's about uh, strengthening the historical commission. Is that something we could add? What does that mean? Yeah. Okay, so uh, even more authority over the District. So that's through Mr. Chairman. So what, what Council Chairman I think is referring to is the establishment of a historical district, which we currently which the historical commission. Yeah. The historical commission is distinctly yeah. different than a historic district commission. Yeah. A historic district commission you have to establish and set up. Um, uh, traditionally, and I I'd also refer to the town attorney, um, not opposed to the concept. Um, that's a big, that's a pretty large lift. Um, you have to delineate an area of town. You have to, you know, basically draw on a map where the property lines are. And then if you're included in the historic district commission, there's a set of guidelines and regulations you have to essentially accept or whatever about how you would do a renovation to your exterior of your house, um, uh, a commercial property. Dean College, um, other stakeholder groups, churches. Um, so if you want to establish a historic district commission, it's a fairly lengthy process. 
um, and you you have to be very cognizant of the fact that um, you're putting in much more stringent regulations on what people can do to their personal property as well as the college or other commercial properties. Again, I'm not opposed to the idea. I just want to make sure my job tonight is to establish expectations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just because if we're going to do that, we've I, I got to push back a little and just say we got to we got to knock a couple of others off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, so you know, I think there's something to be said that we could do in terms of engaging the historical commission to do some of that work. Um, they have a new chair, um, so we could charge them with that, but uh, but it, it'd be a pretty it, it's a pretty big project. Thank you. I'm just making a list yeah. of the things that come up and then we can talk about them further. Anything else, Patrick? Thank you, Councillor Sheridan. Councillor Frangelo. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so quite a list. Uh, <laughs> yes. and That's I why think... I started over there. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to add to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll start with, I, I, I want to use these comments to talk about a high level and then I have some um, specific language that, that I think uh, we can add and I'll, I'll look to you as, as to when the, the proper time is. From a high level, some things that it does really, really well. Uh, it, two main things. One is talking about proactive budgeting and really improving that. That means economic development, right? We already uh, had it mentioned that new growth is key uh, to our ability to pay for services. And so this has measures around MBTA communities, around 40R, uh, around home occupation businesses, around Franklin. We'll just take a minute and see if we can. Let's take a two minute recess. Sure, let's take a two minute recess, please. Recording in progress. I'll bring the council meeting, uh, the January 3rd, 2024 council meeting back to order. And again, if anybody was privy to what uh, just transpired here at council chambers, uh, I apologize on behalf of uh, the council and the town. Uh, some of these things you just don't have uh, control over and uh, we do deeply apologize. Okay, Councilor Frangillo. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was talking about some things that I thought the um, the the list of goals uh, did very well. The first of which was proactive budgeting, is what I was calling it, where we were talking about new growth, economic development. We had a whole bunch of goals uh, related to that. We also uh, mentioned. Um, discussion of the override and really talking about um, whether it's uh, time to uh, agree as a collective uh, to raise revenue above 2.5% um, every year. Uh, and we also talked about um, how we prioritize infrastructure investments, uh, which was worded, I thought, in a, in a more productive way than ever before, which is really how do we systematically look at all infrastructure investments and make sure uh, that we're, we have a plan uh, to um, pay for those things a long way uh, into the future. Proactive budgeting, it does really well. It also does community building really well. It talks about branding and marketing, 
talks about uh, flag policy where we have an opportunity uh, to use um, symbols and some of the tools available uh, to us to support uh, different uh, communities uh, within Franklin. Um, it talks about public art and it talks about implementing the open space and recreation. All things that it does really well. Places that I find um, the list of goals falls uh, somewhat short, many of which it has something on it and I think uh, that, that we need to do more. Uh, housing being the main one. We know that uh, this is the main thing uh, that we hear, um, certainly from uh, my peers, people uh, my age, also the main thing that we hear at the senior center, uh, seniors struggling um, to continue to afford uh, to live in Franklin. We have um, a, a homeless and, and um, migrant crisis um, at our hands, all because of a lack of um, housing, and I think that there are some options uh, to go a little bit further, and, and I'll talk about that, that language at a later time. Second is climate. Uh, I, I think I'm very proud of Franklin. I've listed them off before in a meeting. There are so many ways where we have been and continue to be a leader in um, both adapting to and mitigating the climate crisis. Um, but all that we have uh, here is. Uh, I'm trying to move. Yeah. And we're able to move. Perfect. Uh, all the way up here is is the uh, is to go after green communities grants and, and to me that it's this is not a time to uh, rest on our laurels. Uh, two uh, years ago, uh, we added language about reaching net zero uh, by 2050 as a community. That was the thing that uh, achieved not only re uh, local attention, but statewide attention. I was walking through the halls of the state house. It had numerous people saying, um, I saw what Franklin did, uh, how great it was uh, that they um, committed to being uh, climate leaders. Since then, we've only seen more and more people come out. Is the number one, if you, uh, if you talk to middle schoolers or high schoolers and their civics projects, uh, without fail, um, they are talking about climate as their number one uh, priority. Um, we have uh, Green Team is, is, has, over the past few years, been the most popular club. They just added a new Youth for Earth club. Uh, St. John's added um, elementary middle schoolers uh, a, a group of, of climate activists. We sent, um, we had students uh, take a day off to go participate in a, in a uh, climate lobby. We not, not only have the local node of 350 Mass, um, an advocacy group um, with enough local support that, that, that they're uh, noticed here, they continue to expand and, and launch uh, Energize Franklin over the past uh, few years. We know that there's more support uh, than ever before, and I think that we have an opportunity to look further than just uh, going after our green communities grants. So housing, climate, transportation, I really think that um, we need to uh, be more proactive about talking about how people move and get around uh, town as key to our accessibility, as key to our affordability, as key to mitigating uh, traffic and some of the things that uh, we don't currently love um, and really improving uh, vibrancy. I think we still fall short on downtown revitalization. I was disappointed uh, to not see uh, continued implementation of other Franklin uh, for all goals um, and, and have language to um, talk more about uh, some of the other pieces that were in that Franklin for All study, which was a, you know, a year-long you know, intensive. Um, we did that for a reason, and, and I'd like to see some of those um, continue to be worked on. And, and the last being uh, citizen engagement. And I have some language, and I, and I leave this last. Maybe this doesn't need to be uh, included on, on the goals, uh, but I, I think it's of note that 
we uh, already have much room for improvement in how we in interact with citizens, particularly through social media, particularly through uh, our websites, but also in person and, and through other uh, mediums. And we've only lost our only personnel uh, that are specifically tasked uh, with improving that. And so I, I don't want that to fall off the map, whether, whether, it includes, uh, whether it's included in our goals uh, or not. Uh, so those are my five, housing, climate, transportation, downtown, revitalization, citizen engagement. Um, I have more language to talk uh, more thoroughly, uh, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Frondello. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, through the chair. Um, I have a question for Jamie about the second goal of finance, the annual the review, annual financial, no, not that one, the chapter 82 fees for service. Is that, would that, I think we spoke about that at the last meeting, that also include um, abatements and discounts and things like that for people. It would, include, it would include the community assistance program, which we included some years ago. I'm losing track of the years now, but yeah. the community assistance program, which spoke to the mattress issue. Right. Um, we do have a lot of discounts in there. Council of Pelegri asked us some years ago to do a big flyer. We have right. that, we promote that. Yeah. That would include that. Okay. Um, I don't know about abatements, because really we're just looking at section 82. But what I will do is ask Julie and the team when they are talking to each of the departments about this stuff, to make sure that they we are taking advantage of every abatement that we could, okay. you know, from state law. So we can certainly add that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that answer. Um, I have I just a quick comment to Councilor Sheridan's request. I feel like that might come the historic district might come out of the master plan. Okay. Um, we're in right. um, in that subcommittee. Great point. And that is definitely something that we've discussed right. with Vicky Earls. Yeah. Um, it's very important. So um, that will get in the next 10, 10 year goal, I think. Excellent. <laughs> it will probably take that long. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, I agree about the par, uh, Franklin for All. There's still recommendations there that I would like to see. My number one thing is the mixed use by right and, and commercial one. Um, I really think that we need to go through that. Um, one of the things we're talking about in the, in the master plan is to become a right to farm community. Like, I'm not sure if that's going to make it through or not, but I think that's really important to a lot of people on the Agriculture Commission, a lot of um, small homestead farmers as well. Um, when Brutus was here, when we spoke about the snow removal bylaw, we did mention that we have many more sidewalks than we had before when he created the priority list, and I didn't know if that was something that we could help um, to staff go through, or, or if that was something that we should um, put on our list as well. See, we're just kind of bad stuff. Um, <laughs> the um, one other thing is that they um, just I've been asked a couple times about the Chestnut Street, Pleasant Street redesign and study. Is there anything that the town needs to do for that? Or they, yeah. So uh, that is that like on a long term. Uh, we just need to find a, you know, 10 or 15 million dollars to build it and the staff and time to do it. Um, we have done an analysis on that intersection. Okay. We have not designed it, but the analysis clearly shows a roundabout is the successful, is the successful way to redesign that. Uh, Representative Roy did get us an appropriation in a transportation bond bill for that, that project. Right. 
which is a pretty big lobbying effort for us to put forth to the state. Um, recently, I believe Amy did all the research on those projects. Um, so it's on our radar. Um, but like Grove Street um, that we build, I mean, yeah. it kind of just takes, you know, a solid four to eight years to get the financing, design, construction, and all that to be done. Right, okay. I just don't want us to forget about it. We, we have not <laughs> forgot about like King Street and Chestnut. We have not forgot about <laughs> a lot of the intersections. I think just it's, you know, we don't forget about them. Slide, you know. I know, you know. I do. I know you. Know. You know what I mean. <laughs> we both know each other. You have the uh, uh, general government. There's a. Uh, where is it? I think it's the general government. It's a public art display policy. I was wondering. If, I think if we could, bless you. We could make that a um, not just display but donation policy as well. Because I think we already have one written. We have a donation one? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean. Good. No, we're going to put it all <laughs> there. <laughs> Let's put it all there. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's a lot of things. You know, like a lot of people want to donate something to the town and have it put somewhere, and and, uh, and we um, create a policy for that. So. Well, through Mr. Chairman, I think when you decide on if where and how you what where you're going to place any public art what kind of art goes there right. could be a donation for sure sure you know, okay. it could be something new so i think it's kind of like the substance of the public art display probably runs itself in that. Right. Right. Well, sometimes display just means it's alone could be alone but that's that's all that's they're all like usually complicated even the, the electrical boxes are comp you know there there are agreements that go with them the responsibilities of the artist i mean there's usually yeah. you know a lot of thought and work and all that. okay i think that's all my questions so far okay. thank you thank you councillor hamlin councillor jones <clears throat> uh, thank you mr chairman uh, for you to the town administrator and yourself uh, the first thing I have listed here under the general government is to maybe add in um, a full-time grant writer. Mr. Chairman, to the head yeah. administrator, is that we've had this discussion at the national yeah. level, we've had this in yeah. other other meetings as well. Um, in a sense, it's kind of one of those goals that have done right and done well. Could almost be a self-funding type of entity. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but. I've got quite a bit of feedback in regards to this, and because if there's, I've I've learned over the years how difficult it can be both for yourself, for Jeff, and other people how difficult it can be to write grants, but yet how important they are to many of the extra things that we try to get done in government. So this is just kind of what I like to add in the general government. I think in some cases uh, within the departments there are uh, people that have been given the task of doing the grant writing right. uh, for those things. And, and I'm looking at the fire chief in the back of the room, and I know they have somebody that uh, is always looking to see what grants are out there uh, and what they can possibly apply for. So I think you know uh, some of that is being done by the department, within the department. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie. 
So, Mr. Chairman, that's correct. We did a, an update at the last Finance Committee on grants. I think, Councilor Jones, I think in a lot of ways your suggestion has, you know, obviously a tremendous amount of merit. In the sense, like, you know, I think if you paid somebody $100,000 a year to write grants and they make a $100,000 grant, then you've kind of paid for it in and of itself. I think the challenge is with a grant writer is the senior center already has their knowledge of grants within their world. Technology has knowledge of grants within their world. Police fire, DPW, et cetera. So I think the question would be is, is a grants writer then gonna take over the departmental efforts? Probably not. Um, and then what grants are we trying to get, right? So if we're gonna fund a position at a high salary level, which a grants writer would be, what's the target? Like, in other words, to put it bluntly, I don't think I would wanna ask a grant writer to go write grants for the fire department. No. Like it doesn't, that just doesn't make sense. Um, why would I have a grants writer? It's just, it, it actually is just a real big, it can be a real waste of time because you have somebody that doesn't know the DPW world, but then is trying to work with Brutus or Doug, but Brutus and Doug and Derek would just go do the work. So I think we'd have to find an area of grants, maybe green communities, you know, maybe an energy manager, some other things where we have a, where we have a gap and maybe fill that gap with somebody that was fulfilling with grants. The, the Director of Arts will obviously look for the Cultural Council grants and stuff like that, so we've tried to decentralize it, and if we centralize it, I think we have to ask ourselves, where are we gonna try to get those grants? I understand the logic, Jeannie, sorry, Mr. Administrator. I understand the logic, I think that um, with much of the input that we're getting specifically through the master plan and, and what we could almost expect from the public in the upcoming couple of months as we put forth our public input at hearings, um, that there's going to be quite a we quite a few areas that aren't necessarily departmentalized that kind of fall under sure. Like for instance, um, housing, you know, that's a discussion that's always come up, sustainability, you know, green issue, green initiatives and other stuff like that, that aren't necessarily department specific, you know, not DPW, grants DPW, I'm sure could kind of look into doing some of the grant writing towards some of the green initiatives towards water and sewer and common and so forth. It's just that I think based on some of the discussions of the master plan as well as some of the ideas that have come across our plate that may or may not make it into the master plan and may be worthy of having somebody put their efforts towards these types of grants. Go ahead, James. Jared, I would just, I think this has come up a couple times and I think, I think maybe the Maybe we have, maybe have a discussion on it. It's just like, do we want to put the cart before the horse and prescribe what the master plan committee is going to do now based on discussions or wait until the master plan is finally approved? Because you're basically here, the council will be setting the priorities for the master plan, I think. And I don't know how that would work. Well, uh, again, this is just, I'm looking at this as a, as a goal, not well, something that could be, not something. But, necessarily have to do, but one of our goals that we may look into. Okay, uh, again, I don't want to get into specific discussions on individual uh, goals at this point. Uh, you know, make your case for what you'd like to add as a goal, then after everybody's had an opportunity, then we'll kind of go back through and have a brief discussion as to, uh, because if we start, you know, already there's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen goals that we're talking about. Right. Uh, maybe adding. Well, what are the what fourteen do you want to cut? Uh, so uh, that are 
not as important. So these are the kinds of things. So if we could, in this first round, at least mm -hmm. focus on uh, what you'd like to see added that is not there currently. So now, with that being said, Mr. Chairman, I'd just like to add establishing a charter would um, add a full-time grant writer for future. Yeah, I got that. Uh, second, um, it wasn't listed here. I didn't see it was established a town charter review commission or committee. Yeah. Um, and the other one was to, to potentially put forth a goal under either economic development or under general government to look into another, if, if it's feasible, affordable housing trust project. The last one that was done that I can recall was 15 Beaver Court over on uh, off of um, Beaver Street. Uh, it'd be nice if we could, if there was a possibility to get another project like that. Jamie. So yeah, I trust Councilor Jones that he's right on Beaver. Um, the trust just has its own autonomy yeah. and they their money is pretty much gone. So they've got money left for probably one more project maybe. And I think the trust is probably gonna try to preserve that for something that they see as a big bang for their buck. Uh, and I know that only from being a member of the board and going to the meetings, they haven't spent any additional money. And part of that is because of Franklin Ridge. Because of what? Franklin Ridge. Oh. Oh. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councilor Jones. I'm gonna go right down the line. Councilor DeLuco. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, obviously, uh, to be honest with you, if, if we can get these done, it'll be a hell of a two years. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. This is great. But obviously, housing, and I, I'm the one that always argues that affordable housing isn't affordable housing, it's middle-class housing, because mm -hmm. it's too expensive. So I would like to turn try to do some kind of housing that's a little less so these kids you know my my own kids are in the same predicament that you guys are so i would like to do something like that um and um, the only other thing would be traffic in town i get a lot of stuff in traffic if we could talk about traffic at some point you know i don't know how to fix it but if we could talk about it anyway because i get a lot of a lot of that but outside of that you know Thank you, Councilor DeLarco. Uh, Councilor Plegri. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, through you. Um, I'd like to first begin by saying, why did we change the name of this for, to work plan instead of goals? I don't particularly like work plan. I like goals, and if you have to look back on things, you're gonna look back on goals, not work plans. So why was this changed? Because goals are finite, you either do it or you don't, but most of the projects that are on here cross multiple years. So you kind of don't accomplish a goal and it looks like you didn't do a goal even though you've made a lot of progress, but I am more than happy to switch these back to goals. It was just a work plan, it's wordsmithing, but if people like goals, we can keep both. Personally, I like sure. goals. I don't know how the rest of you feel, but that's what we've always used, It's goals and that's how if you read through here, you'll see it in different places. They're still using the word gold, too. Mm -hmm. so. okay. um, I think that you've covered just about mm -hmm. everything. Um, I like the idea of public works with a development strategy that pri prioritize town infrastructure, the sidewalks. I think that's great, but I also think that we have to keep up with the sidewalks, not just build new sidewalks. We have to and be able to fix what is broken 
And the perfect example is still up by St. Mary's Church on those red brick sidewalks, mm -hmm. uh, crosswalks, I'm sorry. Right. Um, they're still not fixed, and they are a mess in places, and they're dangerous, too, you know, to get your foot and your heel caught in that. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit embarrassing, I know for myself anyway, because people have said something to me when I'm on my way to church and we're crossing there, can't we fix these? And I said, yes, they're going to be fixed. We've been over a year now since I've asked, but let's keep that in mind for that when they develop a strategy to, to fix them. Um, I like the idea of seeing to restore the cupola. Wasn't that on this year's goal that we didn't finish? Mr. Chairman, it's two years old. Yeah. Uh, we appropriated the money two years ago. Um, I'm, I'm just, I have to tell everybody, it's just, we need a lot more people. We need a lot more staff. We need a lot more capacity. Um, this is why the theme of this year's goals is to finish what we started. Um, I'm anxious about a lot of new things because I think the team is a little overwhelmed just with what's on the plate right now. And, um, and also there's a financial piece, not relative to the cupola, but just in general. Um, you know, all these ideas are awesome. Um, it's just gonna cost a lot of money we don't have. And so I think the community is gonna have to have a big discussion about how to finance those things. And um, even though the override is on here as a, as a discussion topic. You know, people are gonna be blown away and surprised at how far their money will go when we discuss that. You know, I mean, you're talking about, for a mile of new sidewalk, you're talking about a million to a million and a half dollars, you know? Um, and so when we're talking about infrastructure, that's why the goal is on here about infrastructure relative to cost, but um, the cupola has been financed, uh, the money is there, Mike and Kevin just need the space and time to be able to go try to get it done. It's a complicated project that will take some time, um, and we'll hopefully get it started this summer. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just trying to list out yeah. the projects that haven't been completed yet. Okay. Uh, and I see here the evaluate the reuse of the Davis Fair School by issuing a preliminary expression of interest, and that's already begun, has it not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to put it together. It's a much yes. bigger project than, than we probably anticipated, but we have an internal working group that we're trying to get our arms around it, and we're modeling it after the, uh, the old town hall uh, expression of interest uptown, mm -hmm. so. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't on our goals for last year. No, last year was just to establish the committee. Right, okay. Um, and the Habitat for Humanities. I don't know where we stand with that right now. Nothing is being done up there. Oh, because they are still working with Mass Historic to get a his preservation agreement, which the council has to approve. A uh, preservation? A preservation, a pre preservation restriction through Mass Historic? Yeah. The state? It's required. It's required. We explain the, that to me. So if the council wants to keep the church, or the old, built, the old, you know, the old South Church, and you want to keep the facade. If yeah. part of the purchase and sale and the deed changing hands, we need to have a preservation restriction and Mass Historic the State Agency has to approve that. So we have to go through the state to get a historic preservation agreement. So that takes a long time, um, especially because Mass Historic doesn't work in the office anymore and you can't find it. I had to literally call Jeff Roy. They didn't get a call back for three months. I had to call Jeff Roy literally who called them himself 
until maybe James did, but some maybe Kobe did. But <laughs> Jeff, at the time, somebody called them and had to get somebody to call them back because um, they're not in the office anymore. So um, it took a couple months to get somebody on the phone. Uh, and as Mark knows, these are very complicated agreements, and all of you have to approve. Yeah, I understood. They they do come back to us, but this isn't on Habitat for Humanity. This is on. Mass Historical Commission yeah. is who's holding it up at this point. And the longer we let it go like this, the worse the building is getting. Mm -hmm. Dude, you know, that's I went correct. by it yesterday yeah. and I yep. was just, uh, oh, I couldn't believe it, the deterioration of it. Yep. I mean, it's, it, they have five years to. Habitat, they have five years, yeah. yeah. Um, over here, established the 250th anniversary committee. Glad you put that down because we do have to stop planning that long in advance. And lastly, I had just add down here ad hoc um, a review to review the charter. Glad, mm -hmm. glad you that, that too. It's something that we have to do. Yeah. And I think that's about it for right now. Thank you, Mr. Chandler. Thank you, Councilor Plagley. Councilor Chandler. Through you, Mr. Chairman, uh, to the town administrator, obviously A plus on this list. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You councils brought up everything I actually have written down. Excellent job to you guys too. Like Bobby said, we would feel great if we could get all this done. Um, just to go over a couple quick things. Everybody's on the housing, there's no doubt about that. And that's been a frustrating issue. And I, I appreciate that uh, gentleman out there that spoke about it. Um, the downtown, I mean, we've poured millions and millions into the downtown. It's gonna take a little bit to get me motivated to really start fighting for that again. Um, and under general government, we had fund the master plan for Maple Hill and Schmidt's Farm. And we were all very excited about that open space. Everyone kicked butt on that, we were really excited. But that one word, fund, that just goes to show all these goals, we have to fund them. So there are going to be some people, and some maybe uh, lined out, but hopefully we all fight for the ones that we really feel are important. And lastly, it's taken me five years, but I understand how important zoning is. <laughs> so I am going to read even more into that, and hopefully I can uh, add something to that conversation this year. Thank you, Mr. Chandler. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Cormier. Save the best for last. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I did have just a few comments. O overall, you know, great list. It's nice to see aggressive goals. I particularly liked seeing in several places the collaboration with the school department and really trying to share resources, particularly with onboarding and succession planning and training. I, I can't stress enough how important that is when we see those gaps. Um, a couple of things. Um, I agree fully with um, Councilor Jones about grants. I do think there's a way that that job description could be written where it could be for much larger scale grants, Jamie, than perhaps what departments are shooting towards. I think there's a way we could follow a nonprofit model and, and really look at that, whether it's 25,000 and up or 50,000 and up. I think department goals can be for some of the smaller low hanging fruit. Um, but that could be a, a discussion. I think there's some money out there that we, we're, we're probably missing. Um, on the housing discussion, 
I would like to see some more small single family housing, particularly 40B in town. I think if we're truly talking about trying to make housing affordable, then we have to look at making it within reach for people. And that is truly the only way that I know of uh, that, that that is within our control. But that's going to cr require creating incentives for builders and land. But it maybe it's something that we could we could certainly look at. Um, <clears throat> Councilor Chandler mentioned uh, the downtown. Again, I think that's going to take incentives. If instead of us pouring that money into downtown, we need to be thinking about how can we help our landlords downtown attract the businesses they need and have the financial incentives or tax breaks that they need to fix those buildings and get new tenants. That's not. That's, we, we can pour all the money we want into downtown. It doesn't mean that any business is going to come. Um, I was happy to see under general government evaluate and discuss a flag policy. Um, I do understand the complexities of that. I understand the legal challenges to that. So I would just simply add that in addition to creating a flag policy, perhaps we need to also look at proper and um, legal ways that we can recognize uh, subcommunities within Franklin, particularly during Pride Month in June, like other towns are doing. There are ways that banners can be flown and things can be celebrated without having to uh, infringe on flight policies. Uh, on the presentation, I see Franklin Ridge was mentioned here. Uh, it would be great. We have other Town Council approved policies where funds are particularly designated from overages to go to specific things. If we're going to chip away at Franklin Ridge and make that an actual thing, we keep saying we want it, we keep trying to get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, wait for the state, I'll be dead and buried by the time that thing finally gets funded. Mm -hmm. So we just need to make that a goal. And if we have some overages, we need to have a policy and put it toward that fund to help that grow. Um, and Councillor Pellegri talked about the subject that I constantly bring up, which is the sidewalks. I'd like to see under our infrastructure plan, um, Brutus has talked about creating a sidewalk master plan. I know it's one of the things he's working on, but we should have that written and established as a goal uh, because we do need to start looking at the existing sidewalks in town and put a plan together to address them, not just creating new sidewalks, but addressing the ones we have, and maybe prioritizing ones that are 30, 40, 50 years old. I mean, there is a way that we could create a 10-year plan and start showing residents that we're chipping away at that. And that was all I had, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cormier-Ledger. OK, uh, I'm not going to add anything as a lot of this, a lot of this, uh, Jamie and I discussed as it was being put together. So I pretty much knew what was going to be here, and pretty much everything that I was looking for was was there. Maybe needs to be tweaked a little bit, but uh, the basis of what uh, I think we should be looking for the next couple of years um, is is here in one way, shape, or form. Um, you know, and I think we, we could quickly, uh, before I do that, 
Is there anybody in the audience that came up with a an item that uh, or a goal that you think we should have that isn't here? Please name and address. Remember, we're not we're not here to discuss the goals. We're here to discuss what goals we want to discuss over the next two years. Just so that, uh, hold on, Max. <laughs> Please, name and address. Hi, uh, David Rittenhouse, 24 Hunters Run, Franklin. I just wanted to say that there's an opportunity to uh, expand upon the Green Communities funding with the climate leader community status. And I think that would be something that could be maybe written into this as well. Thank you. Thank you. Max, name and address, please. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Maxwell Marangello, 127 Central Park Terrace. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, the council and the town administrator for putting the goal with regards to um, uh, the fees and the um, community, uh, the discount for low-income people. I, oh, I really appreciate your uh, listening and support of that. Um, but first I'd like to ask a question. Who in this room has lived in Franklin all their life? There we go. Unfortunately for people, a good number of you, unfortunately for people my age, affordable housing is increasingly out of reach. I, in a cruel sense, was lucky. I have a disability that affects my ability to work, and I was able to secure subsidized housing. I love the Franklin community and am grateful for the opportunity afforded to me to live here. But for other people my age, housing is unattainable. For 20 year olds and 30 year olds, they're simply priced out. So for young girls and boys who grew up here, after they go to college, they're unable to return and start a life here. So in 30, 40 years, when I ask, who has lived their whole life in Franklin? There won't be anyone left. Luckily, there's a solution already available to us. If we want to see another generation of lifelong Franklinites, it is imperative that the town council implements the recommendations of the Franklin for All study. It already exists. That way, all of us, all of us can call Franklin home, regardless of whether we're 25 or 74. It's up to you tonight to ensure that lifelong Franklinites have a future for generations to come. Thank you. Thank you, Max. And again, thank you, Max, for those words. But in fact, we it's already on the list. <laughs> no, no the Franklin for All was it Franklin, Franklin for All was on the list. Melanie Hamlin brought it up. Okay. Okay. So, uh, is there anyone else in the? Yes, please. Name and address. Hi, my name is Ted McIntyre. I live at 34 Jefferson Road, and I just wanted to say that climate change is one of the biggest issues facing the town and the globe. In, the, in 2008, the state began the Green Communities Act, which Franklin took advantage of. Uh, Councilor Frangelo has suggested that we begin to work on the Climate Leadership Communities Program. I'm asking you to, to include the language that he's proposing to begin implementing the eligibility requirements to achieve climate leadership, climate leader community status. So there are six criteria, relatively low cost, all of them, I hear the discussion about cost, mm -hmm. relatively straightforward things to do. Uh, one of the more interesting ones is to adopt a, 
uh, a new building code. The new building code encourages electric buildings, which are consistent with lower cost to construction, lower cost to operate, cleaner and healthier environments. And by achieving that goal, we set the town up to be eligible for future grants. And I would suggest that the state has grants and with the Inflation Reduction Act money coming, being a community climate leader community would put us in good stance to get further grants. So I recommend that you follow Councilor Fungillo's advice and include that. Thank you. It's there. Uh, just, just three minutes. <laughs> Mark Minichelli, 31 Longfellow Drive in Franklin. As some of you know, this is my second time living in Franklin. I, I grew up here in Franklin on Park Road in a duplex, which my parents bought when they were married in 1957. My father was a product of Franklin High School, a veteran of both Army and Navy, where he was a Navy pilot during the Korean conflict. He then went on to teach math at Framingham South High School for the rest of his working career. My mother is also a product of Franklin schools and worked as a secretary in the Franklin school system for many years, both before and after having children. My parents bought a duplex in Franklin. Both of them had careers that I would describe as public servants. They worked in part for the good of the community. As with most public servants, they each could have made more money working in the private sector, but they chose their paths based on their own values and analysis. As a result, it was an easy decision for them to decide to buy an affordable duplex as they started their married life together. My brother and I benefited by living close to the downtown area of Franklin. We could walk to school from first grade through high school, attending race school, Davis there, the junior high school, the impressive Franklin High with Fieldhouse. We could walk downtown and buy our penny candy from Jimmy's. We walked through the Dean campus grounds and the Franklin Town Common. We rode our bikes to Fletcher Field and the town pool. When we were older, we walked to the train station to take train back and forth from college in Boston as needed. We enjoyed the benefits of downtown living while in a wonderful rural community. We thrived as a result of what Franklin offered us. I think it's a story worth repeating over and over again with new people benefiting from what Franklin has to offer. Fast forward to 2024. Tonight we discuss town council goals for the next two years. The MBTA Communities Act requires, among other things, that an MBTA community shall have at least one zoning district of reasonable size in which multifamily housing is permitted as of right and meets other criteria regarding density, distance from the rail station, and suitability for families with children. It's a starting point for building a more affordable, efficient, walkable community with benefits for local shops and businesses, as well as for our climate. It gives people who contribute to our town, state, and country, like my parents, a place they can afford to live and to add strength and vibrancy of Franklin as a community. I support these forms of transit-oriented development in Franklin. I commend the town for recognizing accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, as a viable means for improving affordability in Franklin. I support the continuation of the use of ADUs in Franklin by allowing their, their use by right anywhere within the town, not only producing more affordable places to live, but also giving more Franklin homeowners the possibility of leveraging the value of their investment and enabling some to remain in their homes longer as a result. There are far too many initiatives I'd like to name and support, given my three minutes to speak. I urge the town council and administrator to follow the recommendations which Franklin for All worked so hard to produce. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And 
again, and I don't, I appreciate your comments, Mark. Uh, I appreciate the time and effort that you put into those words, which is why I allowed you to uh, continue, but that's already here. Well, we've already added that to the list or put it on the list to discuss to add if it wasn't already on. What I'm looking for now is things that are not on this list that the community thinks should be on this list. So with that, Mr. Feldman. <laughs> is the climate stuff on the list? Yes, it is. About five times. Now. Climate, green community, all of that is on the list. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah, I had a quick Sure. Thanks. I've allowed everybody to. You took the time to come here. Yeah. We'll take the time to listen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Quick, I'm Brett Feldman, 37 Meadowbrook. Road. Um, yeah, I want to just add support to Councilor Frangillo's and the other other councilors. Climate initiatives. When I was on the council ten years ago, um, you know, we helped to push the town to get into the initial green communities program. Uh, we had a, a great solar aggregation program. Uh, we got the town to undertake its municipal electricity aggregation, which helped citizens save a lot of money on their bills and add renewable options. So I think just Continuing these to show our leadership is, is great. It'll save the town on our energy costs. It'll save on infrastructure costs in the long run, making us more climate resilient. So that's all. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Up, oh, please. Maybe they'll maybe able to guess, but since everyone else got to, I wanted to throw my support behind. Um, Councillor Cormier's ledger suggestion of finding a way when you do discuss a flag policy to even if you need to find an alternative way to do it to show your support for the minority communities not just LGBTQ but those that do experience hate and harassment in Franklin that a lot of us don't actually see the public doesn't always see it and so if they can know that the government is behind them. If their city councilors, their town councilors are behind them, that will make a big difference to them and whether they want to stay in this town. So thank you. Thank you. You were not wrong. City, town, both work. Sorry. <laughs> 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 no, is there anyone else in the audience? Is there anyone out in Zoom land? Amber. Amber. Hi, good evening, Council. Sorry, I probably heard you earlier coughing my brains out. I'm really sick, which is why I'm not there in person. Um, I am much like Jen. Uh, I wasn't going to speak because you were only asking for new business. Uh, but as we've discussed many, many times, the flag policy, um, mine is, I think, more of a a question as well as support for it um, when we talk about the planning for these um, for the work I know that it's work for the council as well as for you know the town admin and things like that um, as well as forming committees and things and I just I really want to throw my support behind the amount of people that I personally have spoken to 
that want to get involved and want to help make it easier. Jamie's constantly talking about um, you know the workload and the budget, and I know that there are groups in town that are ready to, to you know pull 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 up their boots and do the work. Um, and I really thank you for putting this on your work plan because I know it is a huge like a huge effort. So thank you very much. Thank you, member. Is there anyone else in Zoom land? I don't see anybody. Okay. Did you have something very quick? Yes, sir. Just a quick question to the gentleman in the audience. Um, were you talking about in regards specifically, say, the specialized stretch code? Yes. Okay. That's what I figured. The town we adopted the stretch code, I believe, Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong, back in 2015. And the specialized stretch code is, I think, 15 or so Kumahog communities within the state currently have that. In Cambridge, Brighton, uh, Watertown, et cetera, probably do. We don't currently have one. We haven't adopted that level. Right. That's a part of the criteria. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Just for clarification. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Okay. Uh, I guess probably the most important thing that I want to make clear to everybody watching, everybody here this evening, and thank you for coming out this evening and being here. 99.9% .9 of these goals require some sort of funding. We know the budget constraints that we're currently under and what we're looking at in the not too distant future. So in some cases, maybe we need to pull some money from here and move it over here. Those will be discussions that will need to be had during the building of the budget, which is upon us. So that will be coming shortly. So a lot of these items as to how much we're able to address that particular goal is going to depend on whether we have the finances to do it. And if there are other places to move money from one department to another department or one initiative to another initiative because this one's more important than that. Those will be discussions that this council and decisions this council is going to be need to make over the next few months. And these are not going to be easy decisions. And I can tell you right now, there isn't anyone sitting up here that's going to be a popular person nope. <laughs> through the budget process because it is very, very going to be very, very difficult. So with that said, I'd like to address some of the items that were brought up tonight. Uh, and I'd like to first kind of get rid of a few that I think we can get rid of. Uh, as long as I can get a consensus from the, from the council. Historical district through the master plan, I think is the right place for that. Do I have consensus that that? I agree. Okay. From 17 down to 16. We're gaining, Jamie. Uh, the, snow, the snow bylaw, when we pass that snow bylaw, 
we knew it was baby steps. And it was the first step. And we said, let's look and see how this goes. And then come back and uh, tweak it if we need to tweak it. Exactly. And uh, so I think that's kind of a, a, a waiting situation. Let's go through a winter and see see how it goes. Uh, maybe we just need to get through this weekend. Based yeah. <laughs> on what, they, what they're telling us. Uh, obviously, climate. Uh, everybody has brought up climate and green initiatives, Jamie. Where do we fit that in? Through Mr. Chairman, uh, it's a great question. I think as Council Fragil has alluded to many times before, I mean, Franklin is widely known as a leader on this issue. Uh, we've talked about the buildings. And we want to continue to be. We've talked about the buildings. Our buildings are in excellent shape. We've talked about our energy reduction plan. We've done, we've started to convert the fleet. I just think at some point we're not talking anymore. We've changed all the LED lights in every building. We've changed all the street lights. I mean, I could go on down the list and I don't want to belabor all the points. And I just think that at some point, it's not us. We went through this last year. It's people out here, citizens, homes. It's cars, it's vehicles. It's a variety of other things to get to net zero. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't fully know what the right goal is because I don't want to set us up for failure either. Um, and I think part of it is actually being done by Energize Franklin, where we talked last year about, like, you know, so, you know, I, I'm fully on board with this issue. I'm not at all trying to block it. We are all a leader on this. Everyone in this room, just so people at home know, there's no opposition to the issue. It's about money and capacity. And then it's about what are we aiming to do? And is the government now gonna go spend its time and resources knocking on doors saying, you should change your house to solar, or you should buy an electric vehicle, or is it our responsibility to, to, to pull private homeowners together with grants, right, that are available through the state? I mean, I've done those on my own house, right? I've gotten mass save money back for, for conversions and mechanicals in my house. So, I just think that at some point we do need a broader bandwidth, and I think someone mentioned it maybe on Zoom, that might have been Amber, but that's why I like the grassroots. To some degree, what Brett did when he was a counselor was kind of take a program and got a lot of people in the community to go out and knock doors and went and sold Solarized Mass and sold the program, went out to, to people's house. It wasn't me, it wasn't Mike D'Angelo, it wasn't necessarily like the town staff that went and did that. It was actually citizens talking to other citizens. And I think that's why I've kind of put a little resistance a little bit on this issue, trying to kind of say, is the government gonna do every single thing on this, or are citizens gonna go out and talk to their peers in the community and work on these issues? So uh, I'm open to all the ideas. If it, I don't know anything about the climate leader status certification. I can look into that. Um, I guess that's kind of what I was looking at, you what know, Glenn was talking about, and uh, uh, what this gentleman, uh, Mr. McIntyre, was talking about. Maybe that's a place we could start. But I want to give Councilor Frangelo an opportunity here because this was his second issue. Yeah, so I put a lot of thought into I knew that we, we wanted to just. To, to me, it wasn't sufficient to just say apply for the next round of, of 
green uh, grandfather. And just as uh, I was thinking about how we, you know, set our climate goals, uh, they the state launched a new program, uh, essentially a green communities plus, but they're calling a climate leader community. And just as we did ten years ago, this is a checklist of actions that you can take as a municipality to make you eligible uh, for more money mm -hmm. um, for the town. And so uh, I don't think that, uh, the language that I have is and begin implementing the eligibility requirements to achieve climate leader community status. Not to finish the status, uh, but to look at the six and start to, um, what they include, and these yeah, are, uh, so these are six things. One is being green community and get good standing. Go team, okay. we're already there. Um, and, and then... Uh, <laughs> I'm on board this goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Create a municipal decarbonization roadmap. We're like pretty much there. This would just be about uh, publishing, but we actually have a fairly decarbonized municipal like, operations. Absolutely. Uh, so that, that one's... Uh, Adopt a zero emission vehicle first policy. This was pretty easy. It just says if a zero emission vehicle makes sense to buy, then we'll buy it. Uh, we do. Which we essentially do, and so we can, uh, so we're, we're already halfway there. Uh, and again, the, the key here is we, when we got green community status, we were like maybe 50% of, uh, of towns um, had gotten it. So by the time we got in, the amount of money that was available to us is less, and so we're chasing after, you know, funds. But if we can be one of the first to get this uh, new status, then we get uh, more. The big one is, uh, was already mentioned is the specialized opt-in building code. That's going to have to be a discussion. Uh, you know, again, not committing to doing all six, but to me, uh, we already know that most buildings are cheaper to build within the specialized opt-in, or um, at least make their money back within the first five. These are this is uh, within the first five years. That's a study produced by uh, the state. So I think it's actually not going to be that bad. The big and the other big one is uh, have a local uh, body, an energy committee. This is one that um, we. Uh, discuss and again, the reason I put this um, is it is allows us to have a conversation about is it worth funding a sustainability uh, manager either through an override or through um, our budget and starting to have someone that can organize a community and leverage the power of uh, grassroots uh, to accomplish these goals and make us eligible for more grants. Um, so I listed five. The last one is commit to eliminate on-site fossil fuel use by 2050 within municipal buildings. Again, I think we're pretty much already there. So it's really six. We're mostly there on four of them. Um, and it's about creating a sustainability committee and adopting um, a strong... Why don't you restate, restate what you yeah. have written, please? Uh, after, so adding on to the bullet, apply for the next round of Green Communities Grant Funding and begin implementing the eligibility requirements to achieve climate leader community steps. Is everybody comfortable with that? Yes, nice. Yeah. Perfect. Thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Uh, I crossed a punch off. Uh, <laughs> the whole audience, almost the whole audience is going to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, we got our job. Uh, <laughs> okay. How do we... Uh, expand on the housing uh, issue, Jamie. I know you and I talked about that briefly. So through you, Mr. Chairman, uh, there's a couple of issues here. So number one, I still feel the master plan committee needs to finish its work before we really truly, I know the Franklin for All study is not fulfilled. There was never a commitment that it was all gonna get done. If the master plan committee feels as if there are goals that are unchecked, 
Certainly you can put them on here or the master plan can take them in. But we did the easy, we did kind of the, the lower hanging fruit first. 40R, by the way, was part of that. It is on this list and we left, and working with Brian, we left MBTA communities in 40R and I'm talking to Brian and Amy, that's your year right there. I mean, that the, both of those are substantial projects, especially when you consider the appetite around Forge Park and the train station up there. Where, you know, and so, the other one that got glossed over is monitor statewide housing bond bill and housing legislation relative to ADUs. So when people talk about money, well that's partly your money, okay? But the legislature hasn't even had a hearing on the bill yet. I think the Senate's gonna take it up sometime this month. But I would not expect that passage until July 30th at about midnight, right before the uh, legislature adjourns. And they'll pass it then. And then the administration is gonna take months to lay out grant procedures on how you apply for that money. So I think housing, unless there's a specific action, and I, all I heard tonight about was the problem, which we respect, but I think unless there's an action item that is going to increase housing <coughs> or funding for it, like Councilor Cormier Ledger saying, like any excess money can go towards Franklin Ridge, um, I, think, I think what's here and what the master plan's doing on zoning um, probably fits what you can do on housing. The sobering reality, Mr. Chairman, which you know, Franklin Ridge is a $30 million project at best. We just laid the groundwork for two and a half years um, through strategic grant writing, <laughs> and we got $4 million from the state, and that's gonna build the road and the sewer pump station to go up there. We're still 20 to $25 million in the hole. So I don't know how we can build more housing. The, let me just be blunt. Municipalities should not be doing this. This is a complete and utter failure of the federal government and the state government to deal with this issue. And I'm sorry, like it is very hard for a municipal government to like just go build housing. Franklin Ridge is a great example. Shovel ready, permit ready. I've, you guys have all heard it a million times. I've spoken to Elizabeth Warren, I've spoken to Ed Markey, I've spoken to every secretary, Ed Augustus, you name it. Cities and towns should not be sitting here being the ones building. I think what's missing is the private sector has not been engaged by the state or somebody. Um, or maybe on housing, we go back and revisit things like inclusion area and lower the trigger on when housing, when you have to do inclusionary zoning. We did 10 units, so it's one out of 10, and then everybody who applied for housing right after the bylaw went and applied for nine-unit nine buildings. So we missed an opportunity possibly to get deeded affordable housing. We could reconsider things like that as well. But in terms of building it, and in terms of increasing the stock of housing, I'm open to anybody's ideas that are out there. But I just can't, like me and the trust and the housing authority, this is not what we do. The private sector builds housing. And how do we stimulate the private sector to do it where we don't have obstructionists showing up at every single meeting trying to block every housing problem. Right. And to that, to that point, or to your earlier point, Jamie, uh, during the budget pros, process to Councilor Cormier Ledger's uh, issue with uh, Franklin Ridge, Franklin Ridge yeah. we, if there's money, uh, we would discuss that at budget time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it money that goes to Franklin Ridge? Is it, uh, if there's 
you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Does it go to Franklin Ridge? Does it go to Franklin Schools? Does it go to DPW? Right. Where, where does it go? Uh, those are the tough decisions that we as a council are going to need to make and we need to be thinking about it now. Uh, it is not too early to be thinking about these different options and these different issues that we have to deal with. Would we like to do that, Franklin Ridge? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, as Jamie said, we've got $4 million into it already that uh, we've been able to the grant. grant right yeah. to get it done. So, um, so to Jamie's point, does the after hearing him describe the uh, 40R, does it address? Is there anything that anybody might want to expand, expound on one of those? Councilor Frangio. Yeah, thank you. So he, here's what I I fear. I just want to make sure that uh, we, as an economic development committee, who are uh, thinking about this uh, regularly and have continued and have put a lot uh, of, of thought into this, are are not going to like come up with uh, an idea or, or try to tackle something and then you know have it uh, said. Well, it's not uh, on the goals. And so I just want to. That's why you know if if we're if that's not going to happen, if we're able to address then uh, that okay, you know, this is just a, a guiding. Where I would uh, add um, just four words uh, that might allow us to, to uh, talk about is under the, the bullet, prioritize and or implement recommendations from the housing production plan and townwide master plan, just adding to that list the Franklin Farrell study. And that allows us, again, all we're saying is prioritize and implement. So that allows us to say which of these do we want to tackle um, and in what order. I like that. Jim? Uh, yeah, through you, sir, I love it. Can absolutely do it. I guess I just have a question for the chair of the master plan. Are, are we considering, is the master plan engaging? Or the, or the, are you, I, is that, are the undone things on Franklin for All, is the master plan committee considering those? Or is the master plan consider those like past tense? Like they're already done, or they're not issues you're taking up. I know they are issues that are being taken up. By the like houses. shared parking and these other the ideas houses. that were in there, they're being considered by the master plan committee. Um, yes, Kobe did. Did, did Ken and the subcommittee of housing kind of bring up some of the kind of issues? Yeah, we're aware of Franklin for all, and they continue. I think that I think that's the perfect place for this, Kobe. Directed to the master plan group because. I think a lot of what we have on here is going to come out yeah. through the master plan. Right. Uh, a lot of it's a lot of it's separate, and I get that. But I like adding the Franklin for all to that. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. So, uh, Jane, everybody else okay with that? Okay, so we'll put that wording in, and that'll help with uh, that piece. Okay. You certainly can. Councilor, call me a ledger. Just because I know it came up. Um, is it within our purview or scope of work to think about tax incentives that could help a developer um, in town that's thinking about the project? Absolutely. Well, I, I just, I just, I just wonder. I wonder if that is something that... It, it may, maybe it's a goal, maybe it's a long-term discussion, maybe it's you know, something, but I, 
I think if we if we as a body have that power to put that legislation for future consideration. To a, to a degree. Okay. Mark, I'd be disappointed. by tax incentives. Because it's the very limited programs and ability to general, as you perceive, income taxes or broad-based taxes, the short answer is no. Nothing you can do about it. But as far as uh, working with a developer for infrastructure uh, or uh, other types of uh, uh, incentives, there are some programs in place and we have districts and all already set up. So, so Mark, really quickly, you oh, could do yeah. things like TIFs. Yeah, that, that's what... Okay. But I, I will say, in my experience, it's pretty rare that a housing developer is going to take a TIF yeah. as, unless you're in, like, a westerly, right? Or right. A, ma a major, major complex, which a lot of people in Franklin generally can't. So, like, it, or a mixed-use project, like around Forge Park. If there were a developer around Forge Park, that would be an area where there could be a tax incentive. So, 40R is also not directly a tax incentive, but it kind of works like that um, to try to engage the builder. So there are some tools, Councilor Cormier Ledger, it's just not as simple as like, you know, like we give a thousand, like a senior tax worker program where you just give $2,000 up somebody's taxes, right? I mean, right. it's not as easy as that. No, and I, and I recognize that, that nothing's ever easy. It's municipal government, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be hard. Um, but I would like to think that if we want to make a truly affordable housing, keep, keep talking about it, but if we want to make it a reality, we know what the developers are up against. They're up against high cost of labor, high cost of materials, and high taxes that are keeping them plus zoning, that are keeping them from doing these projects that communities need. So they're turning to building rental properties because that's where they can make money and it's easy. But if we want them to shift their focus to actually make some 40B deep specific affordable housing, which is different than low income housing. I'm just asking if that's within our purview as a legislative body to put something in place that a developer might say, oh, I can do that with this project instead of apartments and actually help Franklin. That, that was really, because it's, it's come up so many times. That's the only, only reason right. I agree with yeah. <coughs> Okay. Um, the charter review, that's here. I, I just, I gotta be even, I gotta be honest about it. I think that's a very, very large project. I think we need to cut some other stuff off. I know it sounds easy, happy to do it. I'm not opposed to it, but just be ready for, a large project. That's a separate committee. Yeah. You have two choices. You get the ad hoc. You right. can do some tweaks. One and by that, one. Or you do a commission and you lose all. You lose all. I'm not looking for a commission. I think, uh, and certainly, and I brought this up four years ago, five years ago. Uh, I think the ad hoc piece. But even if we just get in here to establish the committee. Sure. It's a start. 
if you wanted to knock one off, I would take the procedures manual, which we reviewed in the last session with the same nine people. But yeah, that, so that, no. Good point. I wouldn't necessarily say from a time perspective it's the same substitute, <laughs> but I will take no. his offer. We'll take if you're going to stick that on, I will love to get rid of well, that. Well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's I'll take, take it when I can get. <laughs> okay. Uh, the grant writer piece. Uh, You're, I mean, first of all, through, you're up against budget issues. I think you could probably fund it through federal money. I think there's probably a little bit of research that would be taking. I think someone mentioned earlier, I would say we've evaluated most federal legislation. You know, the reality is, I think Councilor Fungilla knows this too, like we're not gonna be eligible for most of that money. Those, that money is overwhelmingly gonna be poured into cities across the country. Um, but federal money, I will say, the housing bond bill possibly, you know, I'm not against it at all. Um, I just well, maybe maybe it's something. You know, uh, I think our departments have done a great job uh, doing the grant writing within the within the departments. But maybe during the budget, uh, it's a budget conversation uh, as to uh, if we want to throw some money towards uh, you know the green initiative into throw that money into a department to expand maybe somebody on limited hours into more hours to help with the grant writing. So I think that's more of a budget issue. And as long as everybody's shaking their head, I think uh, that's the way to go. Councilor Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Just, just for FYI, um, at Massport, when they write a, a, a you know, for grants, like they're going to do it for vehicles and stuff. They come to me and I give them all the information and then they write it, or I basically, they basically write it. So it's going to take a person with a lot of, I mean, I don't know how much money we can pay them to do fire, to do, to do police, to do DPW. You know, I'm kind of just, I'm in the middle. I give them all the information and then my boss writes it up, but I mean, and then we give it to them and they just use that. So it, it's, it, I don't know where it's gonna end up. You, you know what I mean? So. I'd rather a targeted position to what the chair said. Yeah. If it's around sustainability, then get a grant writer to do sustainability. It's about how, you know, yeah. instead of getting mingled up. Right. Whatever yeah, that, all the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I can see all the head box. That yeah. Right. No, that's there you go. <laughs> All right, good, Jimmy. Uh, if you all set, Bonnie. Yeah, I, I okay. just wanted to yeah. say that's how we do it, dude. Um, <laughs> sidewalks, uh, we, uh, we have, we're close to bringing that plan to fruition, correct? By, by fruition. No. Getting the plan ready to be printed so that everybody can see it. So, Mr. Chairman, I got an email from Beta, who's doing our plan, that before the Christmas break, that they were a few weeks out. Um, so, we'll check in with Brutus. That presentation on here, by the way, um, develop a strategy. Brutus has been working on a long-term PowerPoint. That'll probably be sometime in the next couple months about what those costs are going to look like. Okay. So. Because um, I think along with that plan, along know, with that sidewalk plan, and 
repair plan as well, and being part of it. That's what now, it is. I think along with that is the roundabout costs associated with repairing 10 yards of... Oh, you'll get the cost. I, I, <laughs> I know we will, but I just want to make sure that uh, we do. I, I would just say, I think that, I, I know it's not exactly what Constable Hammond was, I, I just think it's here. Yeah. We're trying to get at the cost of repairing the sidewalks. Right. And just to give a tip, the capital plan that will be put out on Friday will include money for repairs of sidewalks um, to at least be able to do some of the stuff. And I know Bruce will talk to, uh, he's got a list of all the stuff he's done uh, the last 10 years. So. Um, okay. What am I missing? Go ahead. Council Can I just like respond to what Jamie you said? Absolutely. Thank you. Through the chair to Jamie. Actually, what I meant was when we discussed about the snow removal, Brutus had his priority, he has, the DBW has their priorities, right? And we discussed how many more, many more, um, probably not miles, but many more square feet of sidewalk we have. So maybe we need I to see. look at the priority list to maybe change it or, sure. or add things to his list because- I um, see. Because there's new ones that we have, yeah. right? And so that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Okay. Because he said that he would like to do it too. So. I mean, we can put on here develop a sidewalk master plan because it yeah, should be no. done in a month. So. Yeah. You know, just so like so add that in there. Just add it on. Everybody okay there. with that? Yeah. Be the first one to celebrate getting done. That. <laughs> we call it pedestrian master plan and talk about things that might not be sidewalks as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the answer to Councilor Fragilla's question is ultimately in the Franklin Greenway, which is in which is in the open space and recreational master plan. So, the Franklin Greenway is ultimately, to some degree, it's close to what you're talking about a pedestrian master plan. And I agree with them; there should be a pedestrian master plan. I'm just jelly right now, trying to figure out how to finance and do all of this. So, I don't. That's probably a larger project um, with pedestrian crossings crosswalks, lights, the bike issue, right? But I'm open to it. If you want to expand it to pedestrian, we can. Or why don't we do uh, the development of the sidewalk plan leading to development of pedestrian. a pedestrian plan? And that at least clarifies what we hope we can do, but opens the door. If we can do more, we have that opportunity. Love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last thing that I see that we haven't discussed, but I, again, I think to a degree it's part of the master plan is downtown Franklin. Uh, yeah, and frankly, frankly for all adding that, I mean, yeah. that that's really, yeah. if, if I sure. may, um, we talked about a few different tools to uh, address housing and uh, economic revitalization. And what, what your mind goes to first is how, how we can fund directly. How do we pay for homes? How do we pay for tax incentives to get new businesses? How do we pay for road improvements? But most of what's going to decide how, um, 
vibrant our downtown is, how many homes are built, is baked into our policies that uh, say what can and cannot be developed. And even nerdier than that, it's baked into uh, things like setbacks and dimensional requirements and lot coverages and uh, parking minimums. And that's really what uh, the Franco for All uh, conversation is about, is how do we continue to examine our underlying zoning to allow uh, for improved housing diversity and economic revitalization. Okay. Thank you, uh, Councilor Fondillo. Is there anything else that I've missed that was brought up? Okay. I think uh, what I'd like to do now is, Jamie, do you have everything? I think so. I've got... Um, you were giving me thumbs up every time I said add one. I did? Yeah, okay. Oh, I, I, look at me like you I thought you um, I thought you wanted me to review them real quick. But no. Yep, we're good. Uh, I've got I the brand writer with the sustainability. Everybody knows what we gave sure. an okay, okay. to. So, at this point, what I'd like to do, uh, first of all, is thank the town administrator and the administrative staff, department heads, everybody involved with develop, helping to develop uh, these goals and work plan uh, for the council for the next two years. And as we all have seen tonight and have read, these are certainly aggressive. Uh, but uh, I think we were, as I said before, we were aggressive two years ago, and that helped us get an awful lot accomplished in two years by being aggressive. And I think we can do the same thing again. So uh, what I'd like to do now is entertain a motion to approve uh, the amended uh, goals and work plan presented and amended tonight. So moved. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, councilors, one and all, for that. I know a lot of thought and a lot of time went into uh, doing this. Mm -hmm. What do you think? That's the resolution. Oh, did you have an actual resolution? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Read the clerk will read the resolution <coughs> as amended. As amended. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is uh, resolution 24-01, adoption of the 2024-2025 Town Council Town Administration Work Plan Goals. Uh, whereas the Town Council of Town Franklin recognizes the importance of setting goals, projects, and initiatives on a biannual basis, which is to formally adopt the 2024-2025 Town Council Town Administrator's Work Plan Goals, copy of which is attached here to Exhibit 1. Now, therefore, be resolved that the Franklin Town Council hereby adopts the 2024-2025 Town Council and Town Administrator's Work Plan as adopted of the Town of Franklin, a copy of which is attached here to Exhibit 1. Said adoption is effective until revised and revoked by resolution of Franklin Town Council. So resolution to become effective according to visions of Town of Franklin Home. Move resolution 24-01. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion? 
Yes, sir. You've got to add some language that references that yeah. it's not uh, in here. I, as amended. I wrote as, as amended. amended. Oh, you said as amended. As amended. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what I read it. So I oh. didn't add it. All right, yeah. as amended this evening. Any further discussion? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Moving on. Uh, let's see, legislation for action. Bylaw amendment 24-904. A bylaw to amend the code of the town of Franklin at chapter 82 fees, municipal service, first reading, clerk will read the bylaw amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is bylaw amendment 24-904, chapter 82 fees, municipal service, and the bylaw to amend the code of the town of Franklin. Uh, chapter 82 fees, municipal service. Be it enacted by the Franklin Town Council that the chapter 82 of the code of the town of Franklin is amended at section 82-6, scheduled service fees, subsection F, fire, by striking existing language and replacing set out below, as set up below. Uh, subsection 82-6, scheduled service fees for the fire department. The service fee, associated fee is the ambulance fees. The ALS <laughs> base rate is, is being changed from $2,420 to $2,464. Um, the ALS base rate two isn't changing. The BLS rate is changing from $1,619 to $1,694. The commercial care facility with that transport rate is not changing. The mileage rate is changing from $38 to $39. And this bylaw amendment should become effective on and after March 1st of 2024. First reading. Move, move bylaw amendment 24-904 to a second reading. Second. Motion to second. Discussion. Jamie? Mr. Chairman, uh, Fire Chief graciously has sat here all night uh, doing a great job recognizing that he's probably not on some of these goals because he's going to get one out of the way right now. Uh, but these are just some uh, minor tweaks at the suggestion of our billing company to maintain that where our rates um, are in uh, the middle of the pack. And as I think we've said many times before, with the mutual aid calls really going way up from other towns tapping into us, these rates are critical to increase to make sure that we're recapturing that revenue from other communities that are, that are tapping into our uh, EMS services. So um, as Councilor Jones mentioned, um, not all the rates are going up, but just a couple, the mileage by a dollar, and uh, one of the ALS rates by about $44, and the BLS rate um, is going up about uh, $75. Thank you. Thank you. Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. To the town administrator, Jamie, are these rates, do they only affect those with insurance or would this affect a person with private pay as well? Good evening to the chair. It affects everybody. Uh, the insurance company picks up that and then at that point, if, it, if someone doesn't have insurance, they go through a, a collections process. So the, the individual, if they don't have insurance or insurance doesn't cover it, they would get a bill from us for this fee? There is a process. There is also uh, hardship uh, letters that we offer through the vendor that is a, a formula, depending on how many members of the family versus annual income. And then there's also ways that they can work with the vendor for a payment plan if needed. And I know in the past, Chief, you've done trainings out at some of the uh, facilities in town to encourage uh, residents not to call for certain services, correct? So it, because it, of the 
really drastic costs associated, right? That's correct. We try to educate people that it's truly for true emergencies, um, but people have different definitions of that as well. So we recognize that's part of the business. Um, it is what it is. Some people uh, treat not such an emergency as a true emergency because it's a true emergency for them. So we do get the calls a lot of times for calls that aren't true emergencies, but uh, that's everywhere. You can't get around that. Okay, thank you. Through you, Sherry, the, the ambulance hardship council permit that the chief spoke about is actually in our town code. It's yes. in section 82 of the municipal fees by law as part of the community assistance program. Um, so there is a provision in there for hardship and it's in town by law. Right. Great. I just think it's important for people listening to know that there's, you know, if they can't afford this this fee, there's a there's an avenue. Yes. Okay. Thank Absolutely. you. Uh, any other comments? I just got mine though. <laughs> <laughs> no hardship there. No hardship there. <laughs> Yeah, well, your house number one, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have drove myself if I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell it later. Uh, anyway, uh, seeing no further discussion, the vote will come on the motion to move bylaw amendment 24-904 to a second reading. Majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, resolution 24-02, acceptance of parcel A, drainage lot on westerly side of Maple Street. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 24-02, acceptance of parcel A, drainage lot on west of the side of Maple Street, whereas Franklin Holdings LLC is a title holder of record of an unapproved parcel of land on west of the side of Maple Street described as parcel A, drainage, on a plan of land captioned the Maple Preserve, Franklin, Massachusetts, dated October 3rd, 2016, proposed by Bay Colony Group Incorporated and recorded in Norfolk County Registry Deeds of Plan Book 663, page 51 to 53, containing 79,357 square feet, more or less, according to said plan, Whereas the Franklin Holdings LLC has convened and uh, said unapproved parcel of land of the town of Franklin for nominal consideration for municipal purposes, including stormwater management by deed dated December 7, 2023, a true copy of which is attached to to exhibit one. Now, therefore, be it ordered by the Franklin Town Council acting on behalf of the town of Franklin that the conveyance of the town of Franklin the above described unapproved parcel of land, parcel, parcel A containing 79,357 square feet, more or less, for municipal purposes, including stormwater management, is hereby accepted in that an attest copy of this resolution should be recorded together with the original deed, a true copy of which is attached to two exhibit one at the Norfolk County Registry of Deeds. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Longwood Charter. Move resolution 24-02. Second. Motion and second. Discussion? Anything to add, Jimmy? No, the uh, resolution uh, explains it all. Just at the end of Lorinda Lane uh, off of Maple Street, just so people have a geographical sign. Lorinda? Lorinda Lane. Oh, Lorinda. I thought you said Linda. There's no Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions or comments from the council? No. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 24 02. Majority votes required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Town Administrator's Report. 
just want to make sure everybody's aware um, of Prospect, Prospect Street closure uh, due to the replacement of a culvert down there. Um, we're doing everything we can to fix that as quickly as possible and make sure we can get the road back open. Just want to really thank everybody for their incredible patience and the DPW staff for taking care of that uh, so quickly. Uh, needed to be done, but um, you know, we really appreciate everybody's uh, patience. Um, it can be very disruptive like when we had the power out a couple weeks ago but um, you know everybody on the road has been really uh, friendly and understanding about it and uh, so we're very grateful and that's it happy new year jamie on, on that and mm. i didn't look real close but i know when i came by prospect street tonight i noticed this there's a sign across the street uh, across washington street that i'm sure is telling the detour people to go left mm -hmm. but is there a sign as you go up Washington Street from Hillside Nurseries on. Is there a sign telling people turning right on Prospect that you can't get through? I'd have to, to be honest with you, I don't know. I haven't been out there. I'd have to, I'd have to check it, through it. It would send you down Lake Street and go all the way into Bellingham. Right. So I just think they should be something there yeah. to at least identify. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna guess there isn't a sign there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess that the neighborhood on Washington Street is on On my way home, if there is, it's gone. <laughs> just knock it over, Tom. <laughs> no, but Joanne, you just check your way. can knock it over. <laughs> okay. Uh, Subcommittee reports. I don't believe any subcommittee met over the holidays. Mm -hmm. Nothing. No. Okay. Oh, uh, Gatra. I'm sorry. No, no Gatra. I had a question sure, sure. about subcommittees. Uh, um, are we assuming? You're going to get you're going to get them in the next couple of days. Good. Okay. Well. <laughs> Just a quick question. Five seconds. Five seconds or yep. less, Councilman. Five seconds or less. Mr. Chairman, I'd just like to announce that the Master Plan uh, Committee has set the 2024 scheduled dates and has put on the calendar a tentative date for September 9th for a presentation, proposed presentation to the Planning Board and September 18th to the Town Council. Thank you. All, Thank you, Councilman. All other main dates have been set. Some committees and public input will also be set. Thank you, Council Jones. Okay, uh, future agenda items. Council Cormier. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The only thing I have is I have gotten a couple of complaints from residents at Spruce Pond about beavers. I don't know, if, and they're they're claiming that they've reported it and been told it's an FDA issue. But if there is some department somewhere that can look into the beaver problem at Spruce Pond that is apparently causing one a secondary pond in back to not get proper water that would be fantastic to the residents of here thank you it's not the fda by the way i, I i'm sure epa fda one of the a's they said that the they called and got nowhere so the board of health actually yeah but whoever can take care of it would be great thank you councilor <coughs> chandler nothing at this time councilor pilgrim Councilor Sheridan. Councilor Frangello. The, the one I was going to add would be uh, subcommittee assignments, yeah, yeah, just so we can get started on that work. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
The, the other one that came up, just to name it in a meeting, but I think it'll be more for Economic Development Council. Uh, I, I was made aware of um, the senior village uh, overlay and just how expansive uh, that is and how it might run contrary to a lot of the Franklin Farrell work. And so just um, you know, having EDC take a look at that. Okay. Report back. Thank you. Councilor Hamlin. Uh, nothing at this time. Councilor Jones. Nothing at this time. Councilor DeLarco. Nothing at this time. Councilor Comments. Councilor Sheridan. This Happy New Year. Councilor Frangillo. Uh, yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, I'll keep it that simple, yeah. Love it. Councilor Hamlin. Happy New Year. <laughs> Let's get to work. Councilor Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Can we please look into the pros and cons of keeping the Zoom meeting? Because that's now the second time that that's happened tonight. And I just, I'm not sure if there's a, a real Leave benefit it. after closing. You know, every time we think we've problems. Yeah, well, every time we think we've solved the problem, and, you know, something else. So let's encourage people to come back in person. Absolutely. Okay. We just don't need to do it. Councilor Chandler. Three, Mr. Chairman. Um, again, Happy New Year, and um, I really feel good about these goals after tonight. Thank you, everybody. I think we're going to get a lot done. That's what I said. Back to work, and back to work. Here we are. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Chandler. Mm -hmm. Councillor Pelegri. It's going to be a very busy year, but yeah. I think we're all ready for it. So um, I look forward to it, and Happy New Year to all. Thank you. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would just like to say speedy recovery uh, to my, my chairman for his new knee, and of course to Councilor DeLorco and his recovery as he's progressing along. 2024 is going to be a busy year for us, and um, I'm not going to say it's good or bad, but it's going to have challenges. Go ahead, Mr. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Councilor DeLorco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. As you can see, the Chair and Vice Chair job is very, very, very But no, uh, Happy New Year, and I, I have to say um, uh, congratulations to uh, Sports at Franklin High. We won the Dalton Award again. I guess uh, it was at five years in a row, Mr. Chairman. So congratulations to them. Um, great job. Uh, to the coaches and the staff, and, and thank everyone for everyone that worked out on our goals. And let's get to work, people. Okay, thank you, yeah. Councilor DeLorco. Again, uh, from the chair, I'd just like to apologize for what happened early on uh, with the uh, Zoom bump, inappropriate, totally inappropriate, of course. Uh, and again, we apologize for that. We do everything we can to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Uh, secondly, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, I think everybody has seen tonight. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome task ahead of us as we look forward, but they're all taking us in the direction that the community needs to be headed in. And to that, I thank my fellow counselors and town administrators for adopting these challenging goals and work plans. So, with that, uh, we do have a need this evening. Uh, we have a need and, uh, to go into executive session considering 
the purchase and the purchase exchange lease or value of real property because of an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the pu public body, I so declare. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd motion that uh, town council go in executive session for considering the purchase, exchange, lease, the value of real property because an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on negotiating position of the public board. <coughs> not, to, not to adjourn. And the chair has so declared. As the chair so declared. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Our roll call vote. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.